Thank you, choir. Church family, good morning. As I come up here, some of y'all may be looking up and saying, that is not Ben. You're right, I'm not. My name is Brick Sager. I'm the interim discipleship pastor here at Carterville, and I have the privilege of bringing the word to you today. So, Ben is currently in Nebraska. He is teaching, preaching at a Bible seminar in Nebraska with Charlie Tynes Church, and so we are so glad that he is serving the Lord there. And he came to me a while back and said, Brick, would you be willing to preach the word on uh, this Sunday? And I said, oh, okay, I'll do it, Ben. I'll do it. So I'm excited. I am nervous, but I'm very excited to be here with y'all. Thank you for coming to church today and being ready and willing to hear from the word. So we're currently in, we're talking about the nine ways, right? Nine ways to follow Jesus. And I love the nine ways. If any of you have walked through a Connecting at Carterville class with me, we talk a lot about the nine ways, and I love it. The nine ways are a tool for us to be better followers of Jesus. It's a tool that I like to use and look at weekly, monthly, daily, to say, God, where can you continue to grow and change me? So we love these tools. We're talking about Scripture today. Scripture, the importance of reading Scripture, the importance of Scripture in our lives. And I am really thankful that I've got the opportunity to follow a lot of great teaching that we had in January on how to read your Bible, um, the importance of Scripture. And so this is just, we're, we're in nine ways now, but I'm glad that I can follow up some teaching on Scripture. And I'm really looking forward to it. As I recognize as, as, as we gather here and I talk about Scripture, that that when I think about the Bible, when I say the word the Bible, uh, we all have different perspectives when we approach it. Meaning, we've got different experiences, different feelings towards it. I know that there are many folks in here, well beyond my years, who have stored up Scripture in their hearts and have an affection and a love for the Word. I also know that there are folks in this room that are many years younger than me, that have been taught Bible stories and are trying to figure out the tricky parts of Scripture. There are some of us that have looked up at this book and have said, wow, it's a little bit too dusty in my house. There's some of us who look up and say, man, I, I, I love Scripture. I know I'm supposed to love it, but it's hard. It's really hard to study sometimes. There's, there's some books in here that are challenging, that are difficult. And so we come to Scripture with a lot of different feelings and a lot of different thoughts. And my hope this morning is that when we talk about Scripture, that you'll be encouraged to dive into it a little bit more, to study it together with others a little bit more, that you'll be a, a better learner, that we'll have our hearts conditioned just a little bit better to hear the words and to understand the importance of what's found in Scripture and that we can be changed by it. So, I hope we can do that this morning. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3, specifically in verse 14 through 17. But what we're going to do is we're going to read the whole chapter 3, because it's important. We've we got to know what's happening beforehand before we jump into verse 14 in order to understand the context. So as you're turning there, we are going to read. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Um, if you're looking for 2 Timothy, it's in your New Testament, so flip on back. 
You'll find it eventually. It's a small book, so you might miss it. If you get to Hebrews, you've gone too far. 2 Timothy. One of two letters. The author of 2 Timothy is the Apostle Paul. I think most of us may know who the Apostle Paul is. And he was writing to a fellow minister, a younger minister named Timothy. And the letters of First and Second Timothy are very special and important letters because Paul had a special relationship with Timothy. And Paul wanted to give some important truth to him. So let's soak it in as well. To honor God's word, if we'll all stand together, we're going to read a whole chapter of scripture together. It won't take too long because it's 17 verses, but if you will read along with me, starting in verse 1 of chapter 3. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down by sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Jonas and John Braze opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of, these, of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Verse 10. You, however, know about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now I want everyone to focus in on 14 through 17, all right? But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You may be seated. So before we dive into verses 14 through 17 of chapter 3, I would love to approach the Lord with you all and pray for us. Let's pray. Father, we know that your word is so rich. Lord, we know that there is so much truth to be found in your scripture. And so God, I ask that this morning as we dive in from all ages, from all perspectives, from all experiences, as we dive into this passage in 2 Timothy, that you would focus our hearts you would focus our minds, and that we would take truth from this scripture. 
that we would apply it to our lives, and that we would walk out of these doors changed people, equipped to do your good work this next week. Lord, restore in us today an affection for your word. We give these things to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, talking about scripture in 2 Timothy 14 through 17. Scripture is important, and like I said, we all approach scripture from different experiences. Whether you have an affection and a love for the word, or whether you're struggling and saying, man, this is, it's hard. It's hard to read my Bible. I think there's ways that we can grow in it today and learn from these truths. What's the main truth of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17? Well, I think one of the main truths that we can pull from it is understanding that our world is full of teachings, full of answers to our lives, full of ways that we should live. Our world's telling us this all the time, and I think we can all look up and not just look at Paul's words, but look into our own world and say, absolutely, the world is telling us how to live and what teachings to follow. And those teachings, they're broken. They're broken and they're inadequate. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I have followed enough broken and inadequate teachings of this world to know that I need something better. And Paul reminds Timothy in this text of the better solution. And we're going to look into that. And namely, I'm going to say the better solution is being grounded in God's word, being grounded in the scriptures, not just by themselves, but in context of each other. That's one of the reasons why we gather together to interpret scripture together. God's word will ground us in truth, and it will also equip us to follow Jesus daily. And I'm grateful for that. We're going to explore that a little bit. So, to dive into the text, and you may ask, okay, so Brick, where are you finding that? Where are you digging that from? We're going to look at it right now. Before you get to verses 14 through 17, which is where we're going to dive into, you've got to understand verses 1 through 13. And the gist of 1 through 13, which I'm going to explain to you, is that Paul is showing Timothy and reminding him about these false teachers in the church. And he was saying these, if you remember in the beginning of chapter 3, he, he gives a long list, a long list of the times and the character of people, and he was mainly applying those to those who were teaching these false teachings. And so he shares who they are. He says, ultimately, they love themselves over God, and they have a form of godliness, but deny its power. An important note that we should take from that is, we can point outside to the world and say there's all these messages, but we also need to be really careful about our own hearts. These teachers who were teaching false teachings had the form of godliness, but denied its power. They looked godly, but they weren't. So we need to be careful. Paul says, run from those people. Run from those teachers. Run from those teachers and their teachings. Choose something different. Choose a different pattern. He also shared what they do, right? He said that they control the weak. They go into homes and they control the weak through teaching, through instruction, right? People who are easily, um, easily swayed by instruction. He says they go in and they take control of them and they deceive them. They're always learning, but never come to the knowledge of the truth. 
It's this futile pursuit. And like I said, in our own lives, we don't have to look very far to see people trying to learn, trying to find solutions to life, but those pursuits being meaningless and empty. That's one of the reasons why we can gather together and say we found hope in the gospel, the good news found in Scripture. All right, so this sets up a context. I've talked enough about these false teachers, right, these false teachings. And Paul's saying, run from them. So we need to be watching out, having eyes, interpreting against false teaching. So he provides a contrast. Paul just doesn't say, hey, run. He says, actually, I I want you to pursue these things. I want you to chase after these things. And that's where we're going to jump on down to verse 14 and start digging in. Chapter 3, verse 14. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of. So, Paul's offering a contrast to the patterns of this world, right? The false teachings. He's saying, Timothy, I want you to pursue something different. He says, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of. Well, you may ask, Paul, Paul, what? What has Timothy become convinced of? And ultimately, we can wrap that up in the words of saying the gospel. Timothy had been convinced by the good news as taught to him through the scriptures. He'd been convinced of the good news. And and, and what is the good news? What is the gospel? Well, that's Jesus coming to this earth to, to atone for our sins and our invitation back into relationship with God. So, continue. Paul told Timothy to continue in what he had learned to become convinced of, what he was grounded in. And he gives two reasons for that. So, so look with me. Continuing in verse 14, he gives two reasons why Timothy should be should, should continue in what he had learned and become convinced of. First reason, second part of verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and we're going to keep on going through 15, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All right, there's a lot there. So we're going to unpack it. First reason for why Timothy should continue in the gospel, should not pursue false teachings, the teachings of this world, why he should continue in the gospel. Because of those who showed him how to follow Jesus. Those people, if you look back in chapter 1, verse 5, are mentioned. Two of them are mentioned. His... Timothy's grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Those were two ladies of the faith who had instructed him in the scriptures. They'd they'd shown him, hey, Timothy, this is how you follow Jesus. Also, those weren't the only two people. Paul was clearly someone who poured into Timothy and showed him what it meant to follow Jesus, showed him what the Old Testament scriptures meant and how they pointed to Jesus. Also, Timothy's mother, grandmother, and Paul probably weren't the only people. Timothy was probably poured into by other believers who showed him what it was like to follow Jesus, what it meant to understand the scriptures and follow Jesus. Those people themselves, Paul, his, Timothy's mother, Timothy's grandmother, were people that were shaped themselves by scripture. 
They were people that had been changed by Jesus. You know Paul's story, right? Paul had been saturated in the Old Testament scriptures, and then Jesus met him one day and said, I want you to start following me as your king. And so Paul, changed by the scriptures and by Jesus, could pour into Timothy. So Timothy was to follow, was to continue in, in, in the good news and the gospel following Jesus because of the example set beside, set from those who'd poured into him. And also from his grounding in the holy scriptures from childhood. Right? It says that in verse 15. And how from infancy, the earliest of childhood, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith. Okay, so Timothy, as a young child, was, was taught the Holy Scriptures. And this was a common practice in that time. He was taught the Old Testament. And you may ask, so Brick, what were, what were the Holy Scriptures? Well, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Bible or a book. It was the Old Testament. The, the, the prophets, the law, the Torah. That's what Timothy had been groaning. Because at, at this point, this had not been created. So Timothy was taught the scriptures. And, and what I love is this, this leads to, to one really great little rabbit trail here for Carterville. And it's something that we can celebrate, but it's also something that we need to encourage. It is so important to pass on a love for the Bible and a love for scriptures and the stories in them to the next generation. So important. And that's happening here. Man, it just takes standing right here to look around at all the different age groups that are here, all the different experiences. And that's happening here at Carterville, and it needs to happen in your homes. So challenge to the grandparents out there, Pour into your grandkids. Pour into your kids. They might be grown up, but they still need it. I can attest to that. To the parents who may feel discouraged or may feel encouraged in sharing the Bible with their kids, in having devotion time, in talking about the scriptures around the dinner table or on the way to school. Keep doing it. It's important. It's what kept Timothy, a young believer, grounded in what he believed to the kids in the room be teachable sometimes the bible isn't always fun sometimes the bible's a little bit tricky so take your questions to your parents don't neglect digging into it it's important same to our youth the scriptures they're hard sometimes but dig into them dig into them on your own dig into them with others. We can interpret scripture together. I love this picture in 2 Timothy, how Paul points out this reading scripture together through generations. It's so good for us. And it's what kept Timothy grounded. And I think it will, it's what will lay the pathway for Jesus' kingdom coming in pedal through us in the coming years, right? Teach scripture. All right, so getting back into the text. Verse 15, and how from infancy you had known the Holy Scriptures, which are able, here, I'm going to back up, I'm going to slow down, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You say, Brick, that is a mouthful. What is Paul saying here? 
What does he mean that, that the scriptures make t- made Timothy wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus? Well, ultimately, the Old Testament scriptures that Timothy had read showed him how to live in right relationship with God and also pointed the way for a Messiah. So those scriptures, and we can claim our Bible today, ultimately point us to Jesus. Point us to the Messiah. And you know what? If that was the only thing the scriptures did, I'd say, praise Jesus, I'm happy. (laughs) Because that's what we need. I wrote it in my notes as this way. The Old Testament and the New Testament all point us to Jesus. Now, Paul wasn't talking about the New Testament. He was really living and writing the New Testament at this point, even in this letter. But they all point to Jesus. And to put it another way, the scriptures speak about our greatest problem and the only solution to it. Our greatest problem and the only solution to it. That's the importance of scriptures. And sometimes that can get, we can get bogged down in that. We can say, or we can get bogged down in, in the difficulty of Scripture. We can get bogged down in, hey, this is hard to read. But one way I want to encourage you today is as you read your Bible this week, ask yourself, how does this point me to Jesus? How does this point me back to him? That's one of the most meaningful purposes that we find in Scripture, and we can't neglect the importance of that. Second thing on why Scripture was so valuable to Paul and Timothy Number one, right, it pointed them to Jesus. And it made Timothy wise for salvation. So through Paul's example and through the the scriptures that he read, it pointed him to salvation through faith in Christ. Second thing, I'm going to read the rest rest of our, most of the rest of our passage, and then I'll explain it. It is useful. Scripture is useful. We'll read it right here. Let's start in verse 16. That's where we're going to pick up at. There's a statement that Paul says. He almost pauses. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay. Verse 16 is probably one of the verses that we know very well. You know, the statement, all scripture is God-breathed. That's, it's, it's a precious statement. It's, it's an important one because it explains to us that all scripture is inspired by God. It's more than good teachings. It's more than a compiled library of books. No, it's God's character breathed into words on a page. It's God's character breathed into this book to to show us who he is, who we are, and how we can follow him. Now, like I said, Paul wasn't talking about this book right here. Paul was speaking about the Old Testament scriptures. And even at that point, the Old Testament hadn't necessarily been comprised and cataloged. It had to a pretty good level. So you may ask, well, are these words included? And I would say absolutely yes. Um, the sermon today, we're not going to be unpacking what we, the big word that we call canonicity or how our Bible was formed. Um, we may do a sermon series on that or a cafe class. If, if you're interested in learning about that, man, 
talk to me after, we'll dive into it. But actually, that's not the focus of what even Paul was getting at. This statement, when Paul told Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed, is God-inspired, was actually a reminder to Timothy. This was, this was something that Timothy had known since child. He had assumed it, that scripture was inspired by God, the Old Testament scriptures. And so, we're not going to explore canonicity, how our Bible was formed, but what we can do today is we can appreciate the reminder that this is more than just a good book. It's God's character breathed into it. It's his book that he wrote for us. And man, I'm grateful for it. It's difficult at times, but I'm grateful for it. This book is a gift for us, not just for salvation, but it's useful for us in this upcoming week. And so that's what I encourage you towards. So how is it useful? Well, Paul explains it. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for... Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Let's break those down for a little bit, right? Those four. Paul says, Scripture is useful for teaching. What Paul's getting at is that there's a lot of teachings in our world. There was a lot of teachings in his world, but there's a lot of teachings in our world. And we may not call them teachings. We may call them lifestyles or worldviews. And Paul's saying, man, if there's any instructor you want to go to, it should be right here. God's word. It's important for teaching. And so I encourage y'all, teach the word to your families, to your friends. Be learners of God's word. It's useful for teaching us. And guess what? They're better teachings than the world's. Second one. This book... The scriptures are useful for rebuking. And you say, oh, man, like that. Paul, like, I really love the teaching. Like, I can grow, but like rebuking, or some of your versions may say reproof. Like, that one's not as fun. And what I would say is, hey, danger, when you look into this book, it may upset you. And that's actually a good thing. Because there's a good side to reproof and rebuke. And that good side is the exposing or convicting of false teaching of sin in my own life. And let me tell you, that's life-giving. Because sin is a disease. And when it sits in our hearts, man, it, it, it grows and it tears us to pieces. Just, just look inside and take a moment to see the moments in your life when sin has broken relationships Broken relationship with God, broken relationship with others, sin destroys. And so the reproof and the, re the rebuke that comes through God's word is a gift to us because it's a, it's a tool to help us remove that, to show us that it's there, right? It's a diagnosis to say, oh man, like my heart is, is wrong in this place. I need to change. Scripture is useful for teaching and for rebuking. The next one, it's useful for correcting, right? That's um, very similar to rebuke and reproof, right? But I think correcting has to do with the restorative work, right? When someone is rebuked or, or rebuked or reproved, they see what's wrong, but scripture doesn't leave us there. God's work, God's character doesn't leave us there. 
and neither does his word, it doesn't just rebuke us, it shows us how we can be back into right standing with God, how we can start living according to that pattern that God offers. Last of all, it's useful for training in righteousness. And I would like to say it's useful in creating a culture of righteousness. That's where Paul opens the door and says, this isn't just a journey on your own. This is something that's happening together. Where we look up at Carterville and say, man, Jesus is doing good things. This isn't a one-person endeavor. This is an us endeavor. We're being obedient to God and his scriptures together, and that's creating in us a new kingdom, a different kingdom. All right, now we get to the purpose, perhaps. And that's in verse 17, finishing it off, right? Paul says, Scripture is useful for making us wise for salvation, right? Pointing you to Jesus, pointing the world to Jesus, and then also equipping us through, throughout our walk as we follow him. It's useful. For what reasons? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The servant of God. Your, some of your versions may read the man of God. I, like, I would like to almost give Brick's paraphrase in saying the special representatives of God because we are God's special representatives to this world. And as we represent him, we need his help and his instruction. And so... So that the special representatives of God may be thoroughly equipped, fully capable, completely prepared for every good work, right? So for every good work, for whatever task God gives us, this scripture will prepare the believer, regardless of the age, to follow him, to be thoroughly equipped, to be fully capable to follow him in this next week. And sometimes that might be a hard promise to realize, but it's one we need to remember. So, your Bible is God's gift to you. It's more than a dusty book. It's more than a list of good teachings. It's God's gift. And so, Chris, praise team, y'all can join me up above. What I would say is, your Bible is God's gift. It will protect you against the world's teachings. It will also offer you a different pattern to the world's teachings. It'll offer you a better one. It will point you to Jesus, which is what we need, and it will... Grow us in Jesus. It's useful for teaching and reproof and rebuke. And so, to conclude, we've approached Scripture. We've, seen, we've looked at 2 Timothy. We've learned a little bit more about it. We've been reminded of it. What I want to ask you and what I want to ask all of us is, so, so what's God going to do in you today? Today and this next week. This next week, as, as you walk into it, what do you need to, to do? Do you need to be a better learner of Scripture? Do you need to, to open up the book, give another shot at it? Do you need to 
put together a Bible study and say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm not great at studying this, but I know that it's a gift to me. Will you walk alongside me in it? So do you need to open up your Bible a little bit better? Take a moment of pause to study it. And you know what? I, I need to also ask, are there any of you who have heard this message and have said, actually, I don't know the message of, of the Bible. And, and you're, you're telling me about a relationship with Jesus and, and I need to give my life to him. Man, if you need to do that, let's talk through those things. Let's talk about this message that, hey, that is in here. It's wonderful. So I want to invite you to that. I want to invite you to, to ask yourself, do I need to open up my Bible a little bit more? Do I need to study it better? And then the last one, do you need to teach it? Do you need to share it? How can you share it? How can you pour this into the next generation to your friends, family, coworkers, and share this gift that God's given to us? So I invite you to respond. The altars will be open. We'll be singing praises to Jesus. If you'll stand, we'll respond. Mm-hmm.